Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about dreams from God, and, and we're going to end up the series. We're going to conclude the series today. Uh, last week, we talked about what we needed to do or what we could do to find a dream when it's kind of difficult and sometimes in today's world. Well, today, we're going to talk about what it takes to keep the dream alive. The, the, the dream, we've been saying, hey, write these things down. Talk to God about, hey, I, I want to dream again and, and ask him to give you dreams that, that you can connect to and, and, and write them down. Write, write down the stuff so you can read it and say, hey, this, this is the dream I had. This is a dream God put in my heart. It's a big deal when you write something down or you type it in or, or, and you can see it and you can read it and remember it. Um, it, it just it makes it, it makes it stay with you. And so... Um, Today, like I said, we're going to talk about what it takes to keep these dreams going, what, what, it, what it takes to keep them, keep them moving. And each week, we've started out with a prayer that was written centuries ago by a guy named Francis Drake. He, was a, he would get in the ship, and he circumnavigated the globe, and he did all this stuff. Well, before he left on one of those adventures, he wrote this prayer. We're going to, we're going to read a piece of it, a couple pieces of it today. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrive safely because we sail too close to the shore. He's, he's saying, God, when I haven't dreamed enough, get me going. Disturb me, mess things up, kind of shake me up a little bit. I want to dream again. I want to dream big dreams. I don't want to just quit. We're going to go to the third part of this, of this prayer. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wilder seas where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. He's saying, hey, God, I, I want to dream big. I, I want to dare more boldly than I have been. I want to move forward maybe where I've been sitting still. And this one, this piece is incredible to me too. He, he says, hey, God, disturb me, mess things up, shake my world so that I jump out into the middle of the ocean in the middle of a storm where only you can save me, where your mastery of the seas is the, you know, the only way I'm going to make it, where I lose sight of land. I've been deep sea fishing a few times, and I love it. And, and if you go, when you go 50 miles out into the ocean or into in the Gulf, you get out, number one, the water changes, looks better than it does most of the time, close in. And number two, you can't see no land. You got oil rigs out there, and that's about it. You lose sight of the land. Well, he, he's saying, God, help me to dream big like that, where I'm, I'm going to leave the land behind. I'm going to reach for the stars, and God, you have to help me make it. He's saying, God, help me to think that way disturb me to move forward that way. He said, we ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes. Make it where we have to reach. Push back the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. This we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ. I think this is an amazing prayer. I don't think we talk like that much today. We don't really, not very often we say, God, please mess my life up. It's usually, God, please fix it. So he, I think we should more often, though, say, God, I want to dare more boldly. Help me to dream bigger Push me out there. Let's go. I want to really live. We all have days 
If, you've, if we've got dreams from God in our heart, and if you, have, if you missed the previous messages, they're online, you can listen to them, but we all have days where we've got a dream, and we think it's a dream from God, one of these life dreams, something we're moving forward to, and we, we have those days where we want to give up on those dreams. We, we have days where uh, we smile. I, I've been here. I smile, but on the inside, I wonder, you know, is it really working? There's days when I don't want to talk to people. Usually, you have to talk to people for dreams to happen. You know, there's, at least at some point, you need people. Uh, there's dreams where I, I mean, days where I don't want to be an adult. Okay, I quit. I quit. I don't want to be an adult today. I've had enough. There's too, this is too much. I've had days where I uh, don't want to keep, keep dreaming because it's too much work. Because there's been pain involved, and I didn't really care for that. Where um, This is usually the biggest one, I think, for, for a lot of us. We have days where we want to quit dreaming because it's taking too long. Like, oh my gosh, this, this is taking way. Have you experienced this? Have you experienced any of these where you just want to give up on your dreams? Dreams that God put in your heart. Well, today I want to dedicate the message to everybody that walked in here smiling on the outside, but on the inside you were, you were thinking, oh, I don't know, I, I'm, ready to give, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to give up on this dream. Well, today is for you. And the fact that you came in here, that you walked through the doors, shows there's hope. If you'll stick with me for a few minutes, I think you're going to see it. We're gonna, let's go with this. There is always a space between a dream being born and a dream coming true. There's always a gap in between there that you're going to have to travel. You're going to have to travel this gap. And this space, this gap, is where you will have the chance to keep going or quit. In this gap is where you will be faced with those days where you're like, I just, it's just taking to. That's where this happens. Now, we are extremely fortunate that God knew we were going to go through this. He knew we were going to experience this kind of stuff, and he, he gave us some stories in the Bible of some great people, uh, and he included their struggles and their failures and their hardships. He included that so we could see we're not alone. We, we, people go through this all the time. We want sometimes to give up on the dream. One of these stories in specific is about a dreamer named Joseph, and we're going to call him Joe, all right? So this guy, Joe, it's okay, I can do that. I asked God, and he said that we could change his name to Joe. Joe had dreams from God. So I'm, we're, just, I'm gonna, we're gonna kick it off right here. We're gonna read uh, the beginning of Genesis 37, and this guy, Joe, was sleeping one night. Here's what happened. One night, Joe had a dream, like literal dream while he's sleeping. And when he told his brothers about it, he was the youngest of like 10. When he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. They lived in a, you know, this is a long time ago. No tractors, no, nothing like that. They physically, by hand, had to harvest and do all of that stuff. Well, they had some, they had some animals, but they had to do a lot, lot, lot. So while we're out in the field tying up bundles of grain, suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles, talking to his brothers, older brothers, all gathered around and they bowed low before mine. I venture to guess that he said that with some arrogance. And uh, that we read they hated him even more. So what that means is they already hated him. 
Before this dream, his brothers already hated him. And here's why. If you read the whole story, you find out he was his daddy's favorite son. And his dad played, you know, he played favorites. He gave him the Xbox and not the rest of them. You know, he got the new car and they got the uh, hoopty. You know, that, that's kind of how it went. He got the special coat, as a matter of, this is true. The rest, of, I lied about those things. But this part is true. He gave him a coat that was special. And we, growing up, if you grew up in church, you heard it called the coat of many colors. I don't really know what it looked like, but nobody else got this coat but him. His brothers hated him. Well, then he tells them, y'all are all going to bow down to me. That's what he was saying. They hated him even more. Um, needless to say, they didn't like his dream very much. And um, you, you can tell, you can tell when you read the story that Joe's attitude needed a little fixing. He needed an adjustment. He needed to mature. Um, he wasn't ready for this dream he just had to actually come true yet. He needed that space. He needed that gap from the time that they had that dream to when it was actually going to come true. He needed it so he could mature and get ready to handle it. Let's see what happened. He, he's told him the dream, and now you know, fast forward just a little bit of time, and he's walking up to where his brothers are talking. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him. That's a good idea. Um, I know that you think that your life has been hard in some, some areas. And maybe one or two of you have had somebody try to kill you, literally. But most of us in here have not had our siblings plot to kill us. Not really. I mean, they might have had a passing thought for a second. But I mean, they really, let's kill him. And they said, let's kill him and throw him in one of these cisterns or these wells. We can tell our father. We can go make up a, they were planning this. This is capital murder. Um, we, we, let, let's tell dad he died. That, that an animal ate him. Then we'll see what happens and what becomes of his dreams. So, I mean, this is serious. They mocked his dream, number one. We'll see what happens to his dream now. We're going we're gonna to do something. Now, luckily, um, the oldest brother, his name was Reuben, he said, guys, I mean, this is our brother. We hate him. I agree. But let's not kill him. Let's... let's Let's sell them into slavery. That'll be a whole lot better. And so there happened to me traveling down the road, this caravan of slave traders, and they sold him. So I don't know, really know what happened. Did they have to tie him up? Did they beat him? I don't really know, but they sold him. They forged some you know, title documents. Hey, we own him. I don't know how it worked back then. Sold him into slavery to these traveling slave traders. Over the next many years, Joseph literally went through hell. He was a slave. Now, he was bought by a guy named Potiphar, this Egyptian. Joe worked for him, and he actually did well. He's a slave still, but he started eventually earning this guy's trust. Well, uh, this guy had a wife, and, and in the Bible, we don't see her name. We don't really know what his wife's name was, but I like to call her Hodifer. So Potiphar had a wife named Hodifer, and Hodifer um, really thought Joseph was handsome. She like had an eye for him. As a matter of fact, every day she said, Joe, Potiphar's not here. He's at the palace garden. What are, you know, he's doing something else. Why don't you sleep with me? Nobody will know. And he said, no. And the next day, no. The next day, no. Over and over and over and over until one day um, she grabbed hold of him. 
Like, she's going to drag him into the bedroom. And he, like, you know, throws the shirt off and takes off running. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So he's doing what's right. He's following. He's saying, no, I'm not going to, I am not going that way. That is, that's wrong. That I can't go that way. And so she's, um, she gets upset. And she tells her husband that he tried to rape her. And so then he gets thrown into prison. We're talking nasty prison, okay? Uh, today's prisons can't be fun. They can't be nice, all right? But prisons from back then were way worse. Number one, no AC. That's bad enough. But can you imagine? Think dungeon. Think horrible. And uh, that's where he got thrown for actually just doing the right thing. He gets thrown in prison. In prison, he started earning the warden or the, the guard's trust. He worked hard, apparently. He was a model inmate, and he's living in horrible conditions, but eventually he kind of gets put in charge of other prisoners, and he feels like, I assume, maybe things are getting better even though he's in prison, and it turns out that Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, all right, this king, uh, hmm, this king is like in charge of all Egypt. And he has a cupbearer, a guy that brings him his drink, and he has a baker, and he throws them in prison because he got mad at them one day. And they both had dreams one night in the same prison where Joseph is. God let Joseph, or told Joseph what, the, what, what those dreams meant that these guys had. And so he told them, hey, this is what the dream means. You're gonna be okay, and you're gonna die. And that's exactly how it went. Well, the guy that was okay was the cupbearer, and he, um, he said, hey, will you remember me? Because what happened was the cupbearer got to go back to work. He got out of prison. He said, remember me when you're talking to Pharaoh, because, you know, tell him what I did for you. And he said, yeah, man, I'm going to, I got you. You can count on me. He forgot. He, he didn't tell him for two years. So two more years, Joseph stays in prison. Pharaoh has a dream, and uh, this cupbearer says, hey, Pharaoh, I remember two years ago. Oh, my gosh, I forgot to tell you. Two years ago, this happened, and this guy told me my dream. And so Pharaoh calls for Joe, and he comes, and Joe tells him what his dream meant. And he ends up, Joseph becomes number two, the number two man in all of Egypt. Okay? Big deal. From prison slave boy to nobody else is more powerful than him except Pharaoh himself. Big, big deal. Well, over the last, we're going to come back to the story. Last few weeks, we've been saying, let's dream. God has dreams to place in your heart. And when that dream is born, we want you to know there's going to be a gap. There's going to be a space. Now, today I want to encourage you to use Joe as an example to keep dreaming. Keep the dream alive, okay? Keep dreaming even if it doesn't start well. Joseph, Joe's dream did not start well. No, number one, no one believed he could do it. Come on, you little brat. You, you got everything handed to you. You're not, we're not bowing down to you. Matter of fact, we're, gonna, we're thinking about killing you. But we're just going to make you a slave. And say, I mean, this is what happened. And then uh, keep dreaming if it doesn't start well. If you have an ugly past, some of us sitting in here today have ugly past. Matter of fact, probably most of us in here have something ugly in our past. Do you know God has a 
just a history of using people with ugly pasts to give them great dreams and see those dreams come true, to do great things for God. He uses people with ugly pasts. Thank goodness, because that means I'm still in. Keep dreaming even if the journey is full of surprises. Now, I do have some bad news, okay? Um, There's a good chance that you've got a dream from God and now you're in that gap between having it and it coming true, there's a good chance you'll probably have uh, twice as many uh, good days, keep going days as you do I want to give up days. I know I'm welcome to church, but, um, and here's why I say that. Tell me if, I'm going to give you a list of things. So tell me if these moments are give up moments or if they are go-on moments. These have to do with the story about Joe. First one, he's sold into slavery to Potiphar. Is this a give-up moment or a go-on moment? Y'all tell me. It's a give-up moment. Next one. He's um, living as a slave in a strange country far from home. So see, first they sold him as a slave, and then now he's actually having to be a slave. Is that a give-up moment or a go-on moment? I'm going to give you all a hint. It's a give up. Okay, give up. You can talk in church as long as the guy on the stage said it's okay. The, the, the next thing is, while he's there being a slave, he actually gets favor in Potiphar's house. They, they promote him essentially. Is this a give up or go on moment? It's a go on. I'm going to go on with the dream. Maybe things are getting better. The next one. Um, Potiphar lies and says he tried to rape me. Give up or go on? It's a give up moment. I just got accused of something I didn't do. Next, he's thrown into nasty prison. Give up or go on. It's another give up moment. It's another chance for him to say, that's it, I'm gonna die here in prison. This, this dream is never gonna happen. I'm in prison for something I didn't do. And how is that fair, by the way, God? Then he gets put in charge of other prisoners. So is this a give up or go on? It's a go on. It's like, hey, things, wow, things got a little bit better. Then he tells the cupbearer about the dream, and and he's like, yeah, I'm going to take care of you. Then he's forgotten by the cupbearer. Is this a give up or go on? It's a give up. You are seeing the pattern, right? Then he's in prison for two years. So he's in, let me just tell you this next one. He's in prison for two years more. That's a give up moment. He's in a give up moment for two years. That's a long moment. And then he becomes the second in command of Egypt. Give up or go on? Well, let's go on for sure. All right? So it's pretty much two to one in his story. Pretty much two to one. That's, that's rough. But the, the dream coming true was worth it all. It was worth it all. As you dream, I want you to consider this also. As, here's something in Romans 8.28. And we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. This happened for Joseph. He was going through some stuff, but God was, had a plan. God has a plan that even these two to one bad surprises will be worked out. They'll be worked in for good. Doesn't mean God did it all. Doesn't mean God caused it all but he's gonna work with it because he's that good. Keep the dream alive even if it takes a long time. 
this, to me, this is one of the biggest ones. We are an I want it now culture. I want it now. I've, I know I've said this before, but it's my money and I. Have you seen the commercial? Uh, J.G. Wentworth. Nobody owes me money that I can go to him, but I sure remember the guy's commercial. It's my money and I want it now. Maybe you've been here. You're at one of the local stores, one of the local grocery stores or something like that here in town. And there are more than two people in the checkout line while you're looking around and nobody else is open. And you're thinking, they need to open some more, more lane. And you're Snapchatting how stupid the store is because you're having to wait in line. Anybody? Don't raise your hand. How many of you done that? They don't have enough checkers. You would think that they would have enough checkers. Look at all of these, you know, lines you could be. There's like 40 of them and two checkers. Right? Okay. We, we want our stuff now. We want our stuff now. Uh, we have a dream from God, and we'll give it a good three weeks worth of work. I'll put my life into it for three weeks. And after three weeks... If it's not going the way I thought it should be going, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I should change dreams. I want it right now, society. We don't like the gap, myself included. I want to go back to something we talked about last week. Our, Our guy, Habakkuk was the guy's name, and here's something God told him after he grabbed hold of a dream. God said to him, and I think it works for us today, but these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. Here's the biggest part. They will not be overdue a single day. You got a dream from God, and you're God, I'm going to grab this dream. I'm going to run with it. I'm keeping it alive. I'm, I'm investing myself in it. It won't be overdue. It's going to happen when it should happen. As long as you don't bow out. Today, we want to um, close out this message in the series with three actions that we should do, we should take to keep these dreams alive. Here's the first one. Think about Joseph. Think about how he, there's a huge gap from when he had this dream to when it actually happened and all the stuff in between. First thing that you and I should do to keep the dream alive is recognize the process. Recognize the process. As you go for the dream, when things are happening to you, God will do something in you. There is a process that has to take place from the dream being born to the dream coming true, and it's usually not three weeks long. It's usually longer than that. Can you, it's kind of like your, your kids. Your kids, they go to, you know, they're young, and, and they're in elementary school or, or whatever, whatever age, and they, you're going to wake them up on Monday morning to go to school, and they're, I don't want to go to school. The teacher hates me. I don't like this person. Um, I need to sleep some more. It's, you know, whatever the excuse. I don't feel good. Uh, you know, I've got a temperature. Will you check? Yeah, whatever. I'm hungry. Well, I don't want to go. I don't like it. A solid parent isn't concerned with any of that. Number one, they know none of that's true. They're not concerned with that. They, they're like, I need my child to mature. 
and be able to be a functioning adult in society. And they need to go to school. They need to go through this process of maturing and learning so one day they can move out of my house. And so you don't, also, don't care about all these other things. There's a process they need to go through even though they don't want to. We want to recognize there's a built-in gap between a dream being born and a dream coming true. Recognize the process. The next thing you can do to help keep the dream alive is refuse to let offense stop you. And here's where Joe was amazing. Sometimes it seems that there are people whose calling in life, it is their calling in life to ruin your dreams. That is what they are put on earth for, it seems like. It's not really, but it, we, we think of it. Um, offense will stop you dead in your tracks, and it will kill your dream if you let it. Uh, Joe was sold by his brothers. That could have killed the dream. But after it was all said and done, the dream came true. And actually, Joseph was smart, and he, a, a famine was coming to the entire world or that whole region, and he had done some really smart things and stored up food. Now people from other nations were having to come to Egypt to buy food from them. And Joseph was in charge of it all as the number two guy in Egypt. Well, guess who shows up? His brothers. They're starving. Their families are starving. So they show up and they make it into the, I don't know what it was, the courtroom. It was room something. He's sitting there and they're like, hey, we need food. He recognizes them. He knows who they are. They don't recognize him at all because he's not, he's probably been out, in the, I don't know, he's got more of a tan because he's Egyptian now. He's wearing one of those white turban things with a snake on the top. And so they're like, I don't know who this guy is. And he's, he's talking to them through an interpreter, even though he doesn't really need it. He knows because of a different language. And um, they bow down to him that day. The dream he had came true all these years later. Now, uh, Joseph could have killed them on the spot, but no questions asked. Off with their heads, they're dead. Nobody's going to question him at all. But he didn't do it. He showed that he was a prime example of squashing offense. Genesis 5, verse 19. Then Joseph said to them, after they found out he was their brother. He messed with them a little while, by the way. He kind of, he played a few games with them. But then he says, I'm your brother. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I'm not God. I have no right to punish you. It is true that you plan to do something bad to me. Like, you meant me harm. You sold me into slavery. But really, God was planning good things. God's plan was to use me to save the lives of many people, which is what he was doing. And that is what happened. Joe didn't get stuck by the wrong his brothers had done to him, by the wrong that Hodifer did to him, by the wrong that the cupbearer did to him. He refused to let offense stop and kill his dream. I say that because had he been offended, he would have killed them. Some of you thought, I would have killed them. Well, he could have. Don't let offense, don't let somebody's action stop your dream. Keep the dream alive. To keep the dream alive, remember that God is always with you. I'm going to read the same scripture again. Then Joseph said to his brothers, don't be afraid. I'm not God. I don't have any right to punish you. It's true that you plan to do something bad to me, but really... God was planning good things. God's plan all this time. I was going through this process. God was doing something to use me to save the lives of all these people. So he's like, hey, I'm not offended. Don't sweat it. 
I'm going to take care of you. And by the way, God's been with me this whole time. He had a plan. Even if people and circumstances and life try to kill your dream, the dream God's placed in your heart, remember that God is on your team. Remember that God's on your side. And by the way, God doesn't quit. He's not going to give up on you. And here's the best part. God doesn't lose. He won't lose. If God played golf, his score would be 18 every time. Does that make sense? If you're not a golfer, the lowest possible score in golf is 18. And I don't think anybody ever in the history of humanity has ever done that. But God would. God won't lose. If he was on your football team, if he was on the Texans today, (laughs) we'd win the Super Bowl. Nobody would ever score. God is on your side. God is always, always with you. So we want to keep dreaming. We want to shoot for the stars. We want to dare more boldly. We want to say, God, I'm not going to give up on this dream. I don't care what is in this gap between the time it was born and the time it's going to come true. I'm going to keep going. Y'all stand up with me. If you're here today and you realize that, you know what, you don't have a relationship with God, but you want one, we want to pray together and we want to do it right here. I'm going to ask, I'm going to pray and you just pray with me. Kind of, we'll, we'll do a, I'll pray and you, you say the same prayer. If you're saying, I need a relationship with God, I need to get in on God who loves me and is going to be there for me because I've never done that. We want to pray. And if, if that's not you, would you just pray along with us to, to just support those who are doing it? Here we go. Pray with me. Lord, I need you. Please come into my life. Please save me. Please forgive me. Please help me change and free me from anything that's between us. I want to dream big. I want to be part of your family. I want your plans for my life. Thank you for loving me. Amen. If you're here today and and, and you're saying, God, I want to connect with you today, there is a green card in these seats. Would you fill it out and drop it in one of those baskets on your way out? Now, before you head out, I want to remind you of something. Um, There are people that are ready and willing to pray for you personally if you need prayer. Anything at all, they will take the time to pray for you this morning. And we also want to encourage you to invite somebody to come with you next week as we start Galatians. Bring a friend to church. Come Saturday night and just have some fun as we worship God with a night of worship. God bless you. I want to pray for you, and we'll head out. Lord, I thank you for every person in here. Pray that you lead us and that you guide us, Lord, that this week you help us to grab hold of the dreams that you've put in our heart and to keep dreaming. God, when we're in that gap, help us to mature. Help us to move forward and see the dreams come true. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.